I am Grant Gustin, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. Flash Podcast, your podcast for all things ready to see that we still Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash. I'm your host, Andy B, as always, and with me are my amazing trio of co-hosts, Andrew, Taddy, and Swore. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing Great. good. Yeah. Just along. Well, she's yeah. literally driving along, because she's on the roads. That's how dedicated Taddy is. Exactly. Um, to The Flash. To The, to the Flash. And so we have a very special guest with us, and she she's no stranger to the Flash podcast. You know, before Swara, before Taddy, before Andrew, you know, like you, we, you know, there was, you know, she, I'm you guys are all great, but this, she to me she to me she's always gonna be a legend. So and we haven't we literally haven't recorded in like I think almost a year now, and you know she was one of our first co-hosts of the Flash podcast, and she just one of the most greatest human beings on the on the planet so it's my honor to welcome back miss lauren galloway laura how are you doing tonight hello great to be back thanks for having Woo! me well thank you for joining us it's, um, it's a very special yeah. episode like eobard Thon, i have returned <laughs> oh, oh my god <laughs> thankful you're not killing anyone or you know like it, you know being trapped in a jail with you know really weird hair or whatever and so on because oh yeah we will talk about that um because this was, to be honest, this was on my bucket list, you know, to have, you know, to have one of the, one Song of the, you know, really weird hair? no, 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 good, good lord, no, and uh, to have one, you know, one, you know, one of our, you know, because I mean, look, whether you're a host on this podcast or not, after you leave, and so you're still always be part of this family, so you know, it's, I'm really happy Lauren could join us, but because um, you know, I, you know, she was, she's always one of the people I love talking about with the show, so you know, I'm Lauren, thank you for joining us. I'm also just so everyone listeners know. I'm, of course, insanely appreciative of Andrew, Swara, and Taddy, and so on. So it's like, <laughs> I'm not neglecting them. It's just... No, it's okay. We understand that you hate us. We're it's here fine. all the time. Oh. <laughs> Swara, your damn ball jokes. <laughs> and so we're going to you know, be jumping into this episode as soon as possible. But you know, we just have one reminder for you guys. Uh, because at the time of recording, we're exactly one week away from our big podcast crossover with the other DZ TV podcast on this network. As, uh, now that all the uh, Arrow, Flash, Super have all aired their eighth episodes, we're getting to the crossover this Sunday on the CW. And next Wednesday, at December tw- on December 12th, at 9 p.m. Eastern slash 6 p.m. Pacific on Mixler.com slash DZ TV podcast. Don't worry, there will be information in the show notes in, you know, in case you want reminders. 
Quiver to Podcast, Quiver to Greener Podcast, The Black Podcast, Supergirl Radio, and Babylon Podcast are all getting together to do our annual crossover to discuss this year's annual Arrowverse crossover. So you can join us in the live chat on Mixer.com to DC Podcast. We have, the Mixer is available on, on the App Store for App users and the Google Store for Android users. My goal, my dream, is that we get a hundred listeners listening to us live because last year we had seventy. So this year I went. Oh wow! Yeah, I went back to listen to the last, you know, to the last crossover we did, and it was insane because stuff happened. But I remember, you know, that we had over seventy listeners tuning in. So we hope you guys will join us and tune in and discuss the show with your fellow listeners and so on. Because it's kind of like it's kind of like a crossover, not just for those podcasters, but for all the listeners too. Because some people are like, oh yeah, like I listen to this, these podcasts, but this one and so on. They get to know each other. It's always so much fun. So join us next Wednesday at December on December twelfth at nine p.m. Eastern to discuss the Elseworlds crossover. But before we can get to the crossover, we have a very special episode of this show to talk about. So let's get into the eighth episode of The Flash Season 5 called What's Past is Prologue, a.k.a. the 100th episode. So we're going to do some general impressions and then we're going to break into the story. So uh, Laura, what were your general impressions of this episode? I thought it was really fun. Um, I think Tom Cavanaugh delivered a season best, if not series best performance, playing all the different versions of Harrison Wells, Sherlock, um, Thawne as well. Uh, I thought it was, yeah, I just thought it was a great way to look back at certain milestones too in Barry's life. And I think, you know, for everything that Nora is getting to experience this season, you know, it's one thing to study the Flash in a history museum and even hear stories, you know, if Barry was still alive in her timeline, like to hear stories from her dad. It's a whole other thing to live and experience these kind of milestones with him. And so, I don't know, I thought it was a really cool, like, history lesson slash life lesson slash speedster lesson for Nora for her to see like exactly who Savitar was and to see exactly who Zoom was and who Thawne is, obviously. She might know a little bit more about Thawne based on that that tag there. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. I thought it was hilarious that they had the Back to the Future song playing. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, one of the coolest parts um, we're just getting to see Nora experience these impactful moments like with her dad in real time. Andrew, what about you? I, I I like that if you had to describe the show, it would be, you know, it, it could be misconstrued as like a, you know, revisiting past episodes or past moments. But you're right, Lauren, like by having Nora there to experience all of it, it made it all feel like uh, still progress in some way, you know, not just kind of a, an, an isn't that cool adventure. Um and then with a with a really good ending, like I kind of I thought it was done actually really well with the whole layer of like uneasiness over what was actually happening inside Nora's head. And then when it ended, I felt like the show and her character and the story had taken a big step forward. Uh, but it was it was mostly fun along the way, so I, I enjoyed it a lot. Patty, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I thought it was a really uh, tightly written and plotted episode. I liked the various highs and lows they hit for the villains in question. And 
like you guys said, I thought it was a really great um, experience for Nora, as well as uh, a lesson for the audience that, you know, what you see is not always what you get. We got so we got like one side of Nora throughout with her father and then we get a totally different one at the end with Eobard. So I also liked how they incorporated a, a few moments for some of the characters. Like we got to see like a little bit extra, a little extra West Allen scene. You got to see an extra Cisco and Eobard scene. And then in the present, you know, you have other characters get some big moments like Sherlock um, questioning Nora's journal and Caitlin's non-metahuman status actually helping in the battle against Cicada. Um, then I had, I had some quibbles as well, but like, they're just more like, Oh, I wish you had incorporated this like Jesse L. Martin. So we can talk about that more in depth after. So what about you? Yeah, I agree with uh, the majority of what's been said. I overall really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a very good you know, essentially father-daughter episode for Barry and Nora, and particularly for Nora to learn more about her father's past, learn more about the nature of being the Flash and what that really entails personally and in the hero sphere. I, yeah, I think that it was a great uh, personal growth for Nora. I think it was tied really well with the origin, the bombshell uh, you know, revelation we get at the end that she's actually been talking to Eobard Thawne um, all this time, that he was the one who prompted her to go back to the past. I thought that was really great and handled really well. And for her to get to, again, get to see uh, these various aspects of Barry's path was super strong for her own personal journey and understanding her family, understanding herself. And overall, I thought that was really well done. I also have quibbles about this episode, particularly for it being the Flash's 100th episode. They should have incorporated more elements of the series history. So I we know that this episode was directed by Tom Cavanaugh, and he did a really great job playing the various uh, roles he's done through the show. But I will say I personally felt like this episode was the Tom Cavanaugh variety hour. I don't think it's necessarily the best form for a director actor of an episode to insert themselves uh, in so much of the episode. Uh, Tatiana, you mentioned Jesse not being as part of it. And we know why, you know, because right. he's out for but medical there, but reasons. There's, but yeah. there's canned footage and deleted scenes exactly. that they could have incorporated. Exactly. Along with our other characters, along with Caitlin, Cisco. Iris, we only really got one extra scene uh, with Iris. I feel like, I feel personally she should have been a more prominent part of this episode, you know, mm -hmm. being Nora's mother, being Barry's wife and life partner. And I think that was a missed opportunity, frankly. And again, I really enjoyed Tom, you know, playing these various roles. But for the purpose of The Flash's 100th episode, I really wish they had used more of the various elements to make this truly a celebration of the entire show's history. And I think, and I, I like, I think it was, sorry, I want to take that back. I think it was, but it didn't go as far as it should have, in my opinion, especially with the wonderful cast they have in place already, especially Iris and Joe and others. Yes. For me, I'm, I'm in, all day, I've been trying to collect my thoughts because 
at first I wasn't entirely sure what I felt. And that's not a bad thing, you know. I think when it, you know, and like with Smallville and you know, other shows that I watched it when when they've hit their one hundred episodes, you know, like I mean, I remember like the recent one I think was Ages of Shield, for example, you know, which was last season. For me, that was. You know, like I had to take a day or two to kind of really think about what I felt, and then I rewatched, you know, you know, tonight's uh, this week's episode, and you know, for me, I think that as much as I understand the issue of, you know, like it felt like the Tom Cavanaugh variety show. So the the thing is for me is that in one way or another, he is as integral to this show as Grant is with Barry, because he, in one way or another, is you know, for, for some a lot of fans, he's going to be seen as a Harrison Wells, but for a lot of other viewers. He's always going to be seen as Eobard Fawn. And Eobard Fawn is, like, he's the Lex to Flash's Superman. Like, you know, like, you know, Smallville was essentially not just Clark's story. It was Lex's story, too, in many ways. And, you know, I like, I don't know if this was just something to set up something for, for Eobard now in the, in the coming season and whatnot. But for me, like, yes, would I have loved to see more moments with some of the other kids and so on? Of course. But the problem is that this is an episode that, you know, this is a... TV, TV show on the network where we only get 42 minutes and so and you know yes we you know I wish we could have seen Joe and Wally and so on but the most important thing for me was you know going to this episode was I wanted to wa- walk out of this episode feeling happy feeling celebrated and feeling that you know this wasn't just a regular episode of The Flash and that's what I got now of course there were ups and downs but you know no episode of television is perfect it's just you know straight train and simple so you know and again like because you know the flash has always been about you know you know the the, you know, the comedy that you know the you know the heart and also the spectacle you know and that's what you know as long as those three parts are always part of any episode especially the hundred episode then you know i'll you won't you won't hear any complaint complaints from me and you know I saw some people were too, you know, were complaining about you know you know oh Nora you know she's really just been around for the, on the show for like five minutes and so on like you know like why didn't we get more with Iris and so on? Again, I feel like you know with Nora we were able to celebrate the future with the team. I felt we were able to celebrate the past, you know the present, and with Barry's point of views, I think we were able to celebrate the past. You know, which are three components that I always want to see in a hundred episode of a show. So for me, that you know the fact that it was a father daughter adventure mostly. I, I really dug it because you know Nora has been one of my favorite characters this, you know on on DCV this whole season, so yeah. So but let's let, let's break into the overall story. You know this week we're doing it a little bit different because this was really just there was there wasn't really like a B or C or D story. So it was kind of all combined into one. So they decided to try and go at this data in a different way, and you know one of the more controversial ways that of the flag, which is time travel. So, you know, we get to introduce the concept of time hacking because in the air, you can hack anything. I mean, at some point, I'm sure there's going to be food hacking and whatever. So, like, just let's just wait and see. So, Nora comes up with the idea that, we should, that they should time hack and go back into the past and kind of place a seed for the present to take him down without, like, disrupting the timeline and whatnot. So, so Laura, let's, let's start with you. Like, what did you feel about this aspect of them going back into these these different times of Barry's life in these past seasons, so which you know you know you and I we've discussed them on air together, so you know some of the biggest moments. Like, what did you feel about that aspect? Well, I think it was very clearly a device of the hundredth episode to revisit important moments in Barry's life, and. I think it's interesting that they chose these moments in particular because, 
I mean, so many crazy things have happened on this show. They could have gone back to a, a Flashpoint type episode. They could have gone back to um, the dinosaur episode where Barry was stuck in the Speed Force. They could have gone back to the night that Barry defeated Zoom or, um, you know, there's so many moments that they could have gone back to. So I thought it was interesting. I know that Todd Helbing was one of the writers on this episode. It was interesting for me, like as a fan and as a writer, to think about okay, why did like why did the writers choose these three moments? So like the first one was the defeat of Savitar. Yes, his suit had the power that they needed. I mean, it, I'm not a super Harry Potter fan, so someone can correct me. But don't they have to collect like certain things of Voldemort's in the movies to like, yeah. defeat yeah. him? That's what I felt like. Yeah, it felt like you know Nora was helping you know some sort of future thon because I saw some people on Twitter talking about it. Um, you know, collect all these items you know for something nefarious, but she was trying to get Team Flash to do it for her. Anyway, um, that's like a theory that I might get into later but like savitar is an interesting battle you know for nora to see specifically because savitar is a version of her father who obviously went dark and he's a speed force ghost but still he's a version of her dad that she i'm sure had no idea was in there which really makes me wonder like what's really going on at the flash museum if she doesn't know these like very important things like her not knowing that Thawne killed her grandmother. Like, how is that not like flash museum entry number one? Um, anyway, so she got to see Zavatar, then she got to see the zoom moment, but I thought the particle accelerator moment was like the most interesting one to go back to. And I feel like it's the one that the show has revisited the most. I feel like there have been two or three or four episodes where they've gone back to that moment. And I don't know. I, I think it was like a reminder to maybe newer fans or older fans of the show that like this show is still about that moment and that everything that's happened on the show can be traced back to Thawne and him building the particle accelerator in the past. Like, you know, we're so far removed from Thawne because that was five seasons ago, but I felt like them choosing to bring him back for this episode was like saying, Hey, we're not done with this character. And I, I thought that was like a great kind of comeback. Yeah. That's something I really appreciate with this episode, that tying of that underlying theme, that underlying arch nemesis, because you're right. We're a hundred percent right. Lauren, it has always been about Thawne. And even though like the laws of physics and the laws of time keep trying to push him out. He always finds his way back in because he is so crucial, integral to the mythology of the flash. So I have a theory I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts. So when we first uh, see Eobarthon at the end of the episode and he has the form Tom Cavanaugh, I have to admit I was actually disappointed because I really wanted to see more of Matt Lester's uh, version of the character. I think that he does a really fantastic job there. But then I thought more about it, and I realized that because Eddie Thawne, like, died, and he couldn't, he could no longer pass down his genetic material, that maybe somehow the timeline... Uh, like twisted itself to make it so that Eobard Thawne would still exist, but with different genetics without Eddie Thawne in the picture. And that's why he looks like Tom Cavanaugh 
what do you guys think about that theory? My head hurts. Um, I mean, I think it's the only plausible way that he should look like Tom Cavanaugh, because otherwise, right. there's yeah. no reason for it to happen. Right. <laughs> I, I'm so. I'll say this: if it, one thing I've never learned to do well on this podcast for the last five years, it's to handle the time travel stuff. Like, I would just throw it at Amy Lauren, like, guys, you date, you do it. I can't. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know how to. You, you explain it, and then you know, I would just sit there daily. They would just explain it, and I. I still don't know how this is working. I mean, look, I'm just happy that April Fun is alive because I, look, I love Legends Tomorrow, but I one of the things I will never forgive them for doing was when they killed up Airport Fun and thinking that they had the right to do it, which I think, you know, I mean, that was one of the most BS things they did in that finale. So I'm glad he's alive and well. But I agree with you, Swear. I love Matt Legends Tomorrow because one, I don't know how many comics, I mean, I'm sure Andrew, you know, has seen a lot of, Flash comics, I'm sure Tanny too. But I don't know if you've seen it, but like in a lot of Flash comics, Eobard Fun looks looks a lot like Matt Ledger. So when he first came on screen, it was kind of terrifying being like, (laughs) where did he come from? Why does he look exactly like the comic book? And how do I get more? Like, please, sir, may I have some more? Like, that's that's me every time I see Matt Ledger on, on, um, on on the show, I'm guessing he was just not available to come back because I think, I think he has a new show now where he's a full time cast member. So, uh, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, that's possible. I mean, I also think that Tom Cavanaugh loves playing Reverse Flash, so on the hundredth episode, they're gonna let Tom Cavanaugh play Reverse Flash. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's not, it's not like he's yeah. like doing a bad job. He's doing a great job, and so it's like you know, it could have yeah. been worse. We could have gone like an I actor mean, who didn't best... fit the role. His best yeah. Wells is Ao Wells. Ao Wells, oh my god! Man. So I do know that Matt Wells Letcher. Bard, if you will. <laughs> so I do know that Matt Letcher is currently on Narcos Mexico on Netflix. So maybe that could figure into it. But honestly, I do agree with Tati that if Tom wants to play Ao Bard, then he can. And maybe it was a good confluence of events that Matt wasn't available, so Tom could play him. But We'll see how the writers explain it, if it is going to be explained. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll just be... But honestly, like Andy, you mentioned earlier that this face of Eobard Thawne, that's how, honestly, the vast majority of Flash fans know Eobard. Like, he's an, he's the iconic villain. You know, I will still... I will say that season one of The Flash remains the best, and that's in large part because of the brilliance of Tom Cavanaugh's Eobard Thawne. And he really inhabited that character. So it definitely, I'm I'm sure that it did feel like a loss and maybe with this, again, this convoluted timeline explanation that can be a reclaiming of that. So we'll just have to wait and see. One thing I was going to ask Lauren, because I always like teasing her about this. What was it like seeing Teddy Sears back on the show? Oh, you can't, you can't ask me about Teddy Sears, Andy. <laughs> I love him so much. I think he's just gorgeous and wonderful. And like, for me, he was the embodiment of that, like Jay Garrick. And I was so heartbroken when he wasn't Jay Garrick, when he was Zoom. And so it was, it was very, very nice to see him back, even if it was just for a minute. Now, I couldn't tell if that was like old footage or new. So I was like, I mean, also, I wasn't even sure, is he in the room right now, or is this, like, magical CGI and so on, like, they just put, you know, like, stunt double, and then they just 
copy pasted his head onto like the because again it, when you film for that little i never know like did he actually feel like down there and just felt like ha- like 10 sec you know minutes of like production or whatnot so that's always funny to me and andrew what what was what, how did you feel about the time travel element of this episode i thought it was fun I'd like it, that's funny that you say that you know this has always been about eo barthon because i kind of enjoyed with them hopping around, it was a reminder that he was just one of the villains. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, and and the fact that uh, maybe, how would I say this? Well, just that, like, all of the other villains also have stuff going for them, you know, that made them interesting. Like, seeing Teddy Sears was a reminder of, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed this this, you know, adversarial back and forth that they had. And seeing Savitar was like, oh, yeah, I remember this cool scene when when Barry was kind of revealed. Uh, And then Thawne's big thing, when it got to the part where he was like, if you're here, then, you know, that means I don't go home. And Barry was like, look, you don't. Like, your story's over. You're done. And (laughs) while you're standing there and you know, your plot for revenge against me is like the biggest thing in the world to you. For me, it's already over and done with, you know, um, or so we think or whatever. But I, I like that it was a good, um, like usually when, when shows do these kind of flashback episodes, I'll often be reminded of how much I used to like those episodes or the show more, <laughs> you know, like in earlier seasons or when they were happier or more fun or, you know, whatever. Um, but this time they actually made those past stories, uh, in the past, you know, like we, we've moved on from there. Not like, not that these episodes were more fun than what we're doing now. It was more like these stories serve their purpose and then end it. And that was, uh, it was just a nice reminder because a lot of people will, you know, forget what came before that, um, and then a great twist where maybe Thawne's story isn't over or whatever, but I I really enjoyed him seeming defeated and a good reminder a good reminder of all the roles that uh you know the Wellses that we've had and I did like most of them. Tanya, how do how do you feel about it? Uh, well. I thought that they did it well in this episode, given that the Flash doesn't tend to follow uh, any time travel rules, let alone its own. So I enjoyed the hopping through time um, this week. And I also thought that they picked, they picked some pretty good moments. There were some that I was like surprised that they picked, like when 218 was the one chosen for Zoom. I was like, huh. Was it really that important? But it was one of Barry's lowest moments because he lost his speed, and then we got to have that really awesome chase sequence with with Zoom, which I thought was one of the cooler uh, effects-wise moments in the episode. Um, And it also reintroduced elements like the time rates, which then had me wondering why the time rates aren't after Nora, but maybe they're like, it's cool, you haven't done that much yet. So we'll see. Um, Also, just... uh, in response to Lauren wondering about the flash museum, my guess would be that the flash museum still has not like Barry's identity as the flash was never revealed. So things like Barry Allen was Savitar or Barry Allen's mother, Nora was killed by the Rose flash. And that made him the flash would not be included. 
Okay. Yeah. And, I gotcha. And since Iris was not, you know, sharing the deets because she was in the fields, <laughs> Nora did, and apparently every single person that Iris knows also agreed that they should not share the deets. Nora never learned anything about her father. <laughs> but I did really like, um, as was pointed out, like, seeing those same moments through Nora's eyes, right? So her having, you know, from having gone from idealizing her father to then realizing her anger at him to now being able to accept both the good and the bad sides of him because in the end, he's still her father. I really like that. Um, other, hmm? no, go on, go on. Sorry? I would actually say, um, I also really... Um, thought that this was like a really cool you know like 117 or 217 whatever the episode that he goes back to talk to 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 wellsbard i think it was 217 but um it was it's really cool to sort of like back to back like watch that scene of <laughs> barry talking to wells and then this one right because it is just like different layers of anger and revenge um every single time and obviously I have to point out the best part of the entire episode and the only reason that it exists. <laughs> Not really, but the shout out to the Tornado Twins because mm. I was just freaking out when that happened. I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Someone remembers. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I, someone is Wells. I will have well, to say, mm-hmm. I believe that was the second best uh, moment of the episode. The first being Ralph turning and spitting the sunflower seed shell into the glass and then yep. not even missing a beat. <laughs> Okay, if we must. Um, but yes, I I really like that. So I think that like little little Easter eggs like that that also point to how malleable the timeline is, which in a way I guess was sort of the underlying theme. <laughs> uh, we're cool, yeah. And so what? What about you? Uh, in terms of details I liked in the episode, sorry, could you repeat the question? <laughs> just, just like the, ti- the time travel element of, you know, the Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, I thought it was handled very well. I think that they didn't get into too many convoluted situations where they could have messed up the timeline. I liked overall the time hacking element. I think that it was very smart of Nora, and it was great to see Iris at the beginning of the episode back her up on that. Uh, yeah, I think it was handled well, and just a, in general, like a good plot device to celebrate the show's 100th episode, because time travel, for better and worse, has always been crucial pinpoint of this series. So, yeah. Yeah, for me, like, I mean, I feel like if the 100th episode didn't have a time travel element to it, I think it would have been like... I mean, I would be like, you know, I mean, you don't even go here, but like, what are you doing? So I'm, I'm happy that they, they did it, and... Like I don't know, it felt like like a very spy version of time travel because they did the whole time hacking thing. Because I'm just like, you know, th- if they just did this more often, this could have solved so many things. Because technically, they're not ruining the timeline; they're just, you know, they're back shopping. I guess you know if we're gonna go with that term. Um, so I I, I thought it was great. I loved seeing some of the some of the you know, because there's been so. I mean, the one thing that you know just want to comment that you know, even though that those. We've these great episodes that we've had in the past, you know. We you know we got reminded of them and so on. It didn't make me you know feel like oh I wish the show was like back then and so on because I still you know appreciate what this season has become and what this hundred episode did. So for me like seeing you know all those you know like playing playing some of those good old tracks, 
you know, like it was sweet. It was great. It was all. It just reminds me, you know, you know, we, you know when whenever the show comes to an end, whether it's you know, in two seasons from now or three, you know, five seasons from now, is when they hit their two hundred episodes, so when there's going to be so many great stories to go back and look at and so on, because. You know, and I think you know it's going to prove you know like making the Flash into a TV show is probably maybe one of the best decisions that Warner Bros. has ever done because there's just so much they can do. You know, from over seventy years of history of this character, so it also like it also felt like like one of those like one of those like annual special comics like that has like you know eighty pages long or something, uh, or if if it's if John's writing it might be ninety or hundred twenty pages because you know. I mean, he's awesome, but he writes a lot when it's a, one of those annual specials. Um, so, yeah, I... And like I said, you know, I I kept thinking, you know, at some point, like, something is going to have to go terribly wrong here. Like, because this is just... It's going a little bit too well for them. But I, I feel like the obstacle they came up was, you know, Nora having to see these darker sides of her dad. You know, whether he meant them or not. Like, you know, like, he didn't mean to create great Savitar. He didn't mean to, you know for all this to happen and so on because you know he's out here he's trying to do the best he can and you know it was just it was heartwarming it was just it was intense i and freeze you know still forces in and i still can't deal with those time waves it's because once again it they just look like mini dementors and i'm just like please don't because that's one of the scariest things from harry potter um and we don't have mean tackles what they took uh what's oh gosh jay garrick no hunter's almond the way they just tackled hunter out of the way i was impressed he's a big guy is all i'm saying he's a big guy i mean i don't know i feel like the time when came in it was like you know well lauren told us we had to get rid of you because you know you hurt you hurt you broke her heart and this is not fair so you're going back you're going back and becoming like this zombie version of flash um Again, I, the voice that Tony Todd voice still is so terrifying to me. So like, like when I heard because I didn't know he was gonna be back. I thought like I knew Zoom was gonna be back, but I forgotten if he would he had, if they had said or not that he was gonna be back. So it was funny that way um, to see that and like I don't know. I, again, it, I love the Back to the Future. I love that whole trilogy. So I love that that it was such. You know, because we, we made jokes about, you know, them, you know, like Barry being the Marty of the show. Um, I don't know who would be the Doc Brown of the show. Like, maybe all of the scientist people on Star Labs, maybe that combined, they become Doc Brown or something. I don't know. Um, but I, I love the fact that, you know, we, we really went deep into it. Also, major kudos for them playing, you know, going back in time. Because I feel like, I feel like that's... Again, like, Ralph. Yeah. Oh, bless Ralph. Like, seriously. Like, he... I don't know, because I feel like th- them using Back to the Future song has been, like, you know, a journey in the, in, like, in building up to it. Like, it's, you know, it's been something that's been in the works for five years now. So, um, as far as the whole Cicada thing goes and so on, because that's been... I was a little shocked that we were still dealing with Cicada in this episode. I honestly thought they were going to take a break from that for this 100th episode, but... Because they get, you know, the threat he's presenting right now, uh, you know, for not just for a team, but for the whole, for all of our humans in Central City, I can kind of appreciate the fact that they did it this way. Um, I was like, if there was one, like, one of the few nightmares I had, I wish we would have gotten more, to, you know, spend more, some more time in the future. Because, you know, one of my favorite, you know, milestone episodes of television is Smallville, when, you know, we went back into the past, we focused on the present, and then... We get to spend like ten, fifteen minutes in the in the future with Clark. You know, like 
he sees himself as Superman. He, you know, he sees that Lois knows his secret now, and they, you know, they have a great office, the Daily Planet, and you know, he sees himself as, you know, the, you know, in disguise Clark Kent and so on. Like, I kind of just wanted to see, you know, but again, because Barry is gone in the future, like he can't really go and because the two hundred percent of Small really gave Clark that idea, you know, everything's gonna work out. Just you know, if you just finish the season, and you'll be done. You'll be good. Um. Barry Yikes. Kent, yeah, I mean, basically because in, in that episode of, of of Smallville, he was down on himself. He was like, I'm not going to be the blur anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I have, you know, darkness in my heart, darkness that can corrupt me and so on. So, you know, Brainiac Fire really came back and just to kind of be like, you know, look, you can't keep punishing yourself. So, and I, and I know we can't do that with the Flash because there's, who 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 could he go to in the future to get that? I don't know, maybe we could have, you know, seen him go to the future version of Iris and be like... What can I do? What what will I do? Um, we better be seeing the future version of Iris soon. I see, I, 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 I yes, please. I don't. I just don't. I don't know if we will because like they seem to be so. We will. Candace said we would. Uh, oh, I love how defense defensive Taddy gets. He's like, no, it's gonna happen, Andy. Shut up, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Candace said so, and okay. Candace is never wrong. Um, Okay, I will go with that. Um, no, I felt it was a great. It, I love the time travel thing and so of this. And, and the thing is because one thing that I've been so you know last season I was really one of the things I was really disappointed with just because with the fandom and just kind of like the way people were looking at the show was like let's shame the Flash for you for, for doing time travel so that they never do it again. In the comics, in the whole mythology of the Flash, time travel is like it's like a piece of his heart. Like Tyro is essential to the Flash's storylines story in, in all of these comics. Like, there's so many events in DC that has to do with Tyro and that has to do with the Flash. That I feel like you know that. The- Although, like again, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. I really think it's just about the way in which time travel is used. It's not necessarily the quantity of it, but like the seeming randomness of it and how that has frustrated certain vocal parts of the fandom, which I think is understandable. It's like, we know, for example, with Legends, time travel is fully, fully baked into the context and the premise of the show. Whereas with The Flash, I think at the end of season two in particular, I've talked to a lot of friends about this uh, in real life and online, they were extremely frustrated that Barry having like almost being over the head with a lesson about why trying to time travel like that is bad. And even if you're in a moment of grief, like that, like that's a particular point. I think that if they had focused more time on his grieving period, like after his dad had died at the end of season two, then it would have been more understandable why he did that. So again, I don't think it's necessarily the time, the act of time travel itself, but again, the way it's been executed that has really needed improvement upon. I think in this particular episode, it made a lot of sense. They said very uh, straightforwardly, we are going to absolutely ensure we will not mess up the timeline. It's just going into the background, essentially, and uh, like of these uh, big moments and taking what we need and setting a time hack for the future. It was very smart. It was very deliberate. But again, previous attempts at time travel or depictions of time travel have been uh, a little bombastic, as it were. I I, think that's really the focus on it. Look, I'm sorry. I'm I. 
I fully disagree with you on that because you know, and for, for, I mean, because I said this on the show many times is that time travel in the Arrowverse is very hypocritical. Is that because you know, allegedly, yes, it's baked into the show, but again, the fact that it has no rules, it's like you know, no, but it's awesome. But the fact that when Flash at least attempts at doing rules, it's like you know, no, it sucks, it's ruining itself, and so on. So for me, like, I, I'm always gonna stand by that. I'm never gonna change my opinion on that. That's just you know, I will go to my, I will go to my grave and then come back to you know. To, to, to life and still stick to that opinion um so i was a little i was a little disappointed on that note because one of the things that that really stuck with me was when <clears throat> um the flashpoint got all messed up and then barry said like okay i'm going to go back and make sure that it plays out the right way and other people still got hurt right like cisco's brother was killed just because it was like oh man like any time you i guess i guess the way i pictured it mentally was any time you initiate reality playing out again it it will not play out the same way you know like right. n- no matter what ends up happening it isn't what you do it's that you give time an opportunity to play things out differently and then in this case they go into it with the right mindset end up smack in the middle of every single one of the most important moments uh, of the Flash's life, and I, I am of the understanding that it just won't matter this time. You know, like that's not the story that we're interested in telling right now. So yeah, let's just assume everything played out identically, and that's not really that. that it just like yeah, whatever. You know, that obviously, but I think I think that goes to the argument of whether or not time travel is as much of a force beyond Barry just depends on whether the writers want it to be like in that particular episode. And that was, that was a bit of a bummer because I did really like that note when we ended flashpoint. Um, But it also was just kind of, it mattered then it doesn't matter now. I don't necessarily think that it didn't change anything. Um, I think that there was more a bit of a question of like, did this always happen? At least for me. Because on the one hand, you had Eobard saying or hinting that he remembers the twins and now it's just only one child, right? And also there was the fact that Eobard got the idea, presumably, Eobard got the idea to give Nora the idea from the fact that Nora came and had the idea. And, there, and then obviously the thing with the time race, if we don't know what happened there, right? Does it matter? Does it matter that, that Zoom a version of Zoom, one of his copies, whatever, got taken by the time rates. But then there was also that little moment where Barry tells Harry how to find Jesse. He was like, oh, Jesse's vibrations from R2. And then in the beginning of episode 19, the episode after that one in season two, Harry comes in saying, I have a new idea for how I'm going to find Jesse, which is the vibrations. So now it's Barry told him. Barry's the one that gave him that idea. That's a very Harry Potter prisoner asking a moment where, like, you know, Harry is standing waiting, like, my dad will get you. He's going to defeat all the mentors. And then he's the one who, who well, he's the one who becomes a savior in that moment. Like, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. Well, I mean, it's it's a very Back to the Future too, right? That, so, I mean, that's true. Kudos to them for that, yeah. I love time travel. I love when this show does time travel because it, it, it gets us oh, to discuss okay. these kind of things. Um, what were we going to say? I was about to say, like, do you, though, like, you know, the Thor gif way, but <laughs> okay, never mind. I'm going to 
Lauren, what what Marvel gift is he talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, it's it's Chris Hemsworth. Which Thor movie is it? Thor is Ragnarok. It, it's from Ragnarok. Yeah, and, yeah. Ooh, you know? yeah. <laughs> the only worthy like Thor movie. <laughs> hey, hey, do I not come the, for I, Thor movies. Andy has a grave that uh, hill that he will die on, and I have one that I will die on, and that is I Thor. Love, I like the first one. I like the first one. <laughs> I love the first one. Um, I, I like the second one, but I yeah, I really enjoyed the third one. So. <laughs> to Andy's point about time travel as well, I like last night's episode reminded me so much of the season five finale of Doctor Who. And I don't know how many of, of our listeners or your listeners are Doctor Who fans. I'm sure there's some crossover there. But, you know, there's this great moment in season five of Doctor Who where, you know, the doctor talks to Amy, but she's blind. So she like she knows the doctor is talking to her, but she can't see because if she opens her eyes, you know, Weeping Angel will get her. And they have this whole conversation. But we we find out later in the finale that that was actually a different version of the doctor because he's kind of rewinding through kind of his greatest hits with Amy and Rory. The way that last night Barry was kind of, you know, going through his greatest hits with Nora. And it was so interesting to see, like, to know that, like, when Barry was lying on the ground in season one, you know, that that there was another version of him lying in Wells' wheelchair in season two, but there's actually this third version of him, you know, that's coming and having this conversation in season five, and, you know, it can be a little hard to follow, but at the same time, it's so interesting because Barry is able to do that. Like, he can, what did they call it, time hacking? He, yeah, he can, like go back in time and take something that people might not notice. Like, you know, I I think anyone's criticisms of like the overuse or the proper use of time travel is interesting because, you know, Barry tried to do the ultimate thing. He already tried to save his mom and he learned the lesson that he couldn't do that. There was obviously a fixed point in time, but he's learned that he can do little things like take a piece of Savitar suit or, you know, take a device that, you know, that Wells was just going to destroy anyway. So I think it's interesting, you know, we talk about how much Barry learns every season as a superhero, now as a dad. It's like he now knows, like, the pressure points that he can put on history without breaking anything, like, without shattering the timeline, which I think says a lot about how much he's learned. And I think the final moment with Nora and Barry and his parents was the most beautiful element oh of the entire episode because Nora could have easily said, Oh, I'm here in the past. I'm going to try to save my grandma. But like Barry already made that mistake so that she doesn't have to. So hopefully all of this time that Nora has been spending with her dad in the past will help her not make whatever mistake she was going to make with Thawne. Like somewhere in a future mm-hmm. episode, she's going to take a, you know, a lesson from Barry and turn the tables on Thawne. At least I hope that's what she does. Cause I don't want to see her make the same mistakes that her dad has already made. I totally agree about that final moment with Barry and Nora watching uh, Henry and Nora. I thought that was really beautiful. And the only thing that would have made it more beautiful is if they had included Iris in it. That's all. Lauren, the way you described the whole thing, I was just like, I need to give her a mic that she can drop because... <laughs> <laughs> this is what she does every time she comes out. She has like she, I think so that she she prepares like these like like epic monologues and so, and then she's like, I'm just gonna lead us here and walk out. 
Break up, pick up, pick up, pick up your feels as you want. Um, um, no, that final scene, I cried so hard because like it made me. You know, we look at Barry, I'm like, he's no longer a boy. He's a man now. He, you know, he, you know, he's accepted that. You know, I'm gonna lose them, but I had, I have good memories of them, and you know, like you know, I feel like he, like you said, Lauren, like every season he's learning more and more and more and so, and I. It honestly doesn't disappoint me that that people can't really see the growth that he has a character and so on. Like, you know, because the, the 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 cool thing now is you know you know oh Barry is the, you know a screw up he's gonna f the timeline or whatnot and so on. But it's like no, he's actually way more mature and responsible than people give him credit for. And I feel that was like a big highlight for me. And I'm so glad you pointed that out, Lauren, because I it, I couldn't I couldn't have said it better myself. And also like, when you know when I don't know so for some reason I. Bert, like at first, I was crying, and then like when Nora says, "You know, like, oh, come on, old man," and she runs in slow motion, you hear like that childish, you know, like that, that child friendly laugh echoing, and he, you know, he's like, "Old man," like I went from crying to bursting into tears. I'm like, oh, "Why would they do this?" Because um, it, was, I thought that was really beautiful. Like, um, I don't know. It's, it, again, it's. Like, I, I almost feel like people will, more people, you know, if anyone who had issues with it, because I definitely, there was definitely people who had issues with it, but and so on. I feel like the, the more, you know, I think in the long run, no pun intended, it will gain more There is always a pun intended, Andy. There oh, is my. always a pun intended. Okay. Um, I feel like it will get more and more appreciated as the season goes on, as the show go, goes on. And, and I don't who knows, maybe in five years from now, maybe the show is still on, and we're going to be talking about the 200th episode. Um, who knows? Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk talk about the time travel aspect before we move into kind of like, going a little bit more back to the present things? Because there's a, there were some things that went on in the present that we need to discuss. I'm time traveled out for now. Let's <laughs> go back to the present. Your time travel. Lauren, Andrew, Taddy, any final thoughts on that yeah no i'm ready to return to the present okay <laughs> well then so back in the present they tried and uh, they attempt to go after cicada uh, after all their time hacking and so on and we have you know, a pretty impressive showdown and uh, you know but it gets a little problematic but we do get a little very welcome um surprise though from one of our heroes so Laura, what did you think about you know the, the latest showdown with Cicada and what we learned from from it because I felt we you know even though we didn't win I felt we learned something. Uh, well, like the revelation that he's going to kill himself after he kills all the metahumans. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 I mean that too, but also the fact that Kalen is cannot be affected by the by the dagger. Oh yeah, I mean that's a whole other. I don't know if that is a really, really, really happy coincidence with writing a villain who dampens metahuman powers and Caitlin just so happens to no longer be a metahuman or if that was a storytelling device that the writers came up with for this season. I mean, on the one hand, I'm very happy that we get more of Caitlin's powers. I loved love. Like my favorite episode, I think this season was probably the episode with her dad, but I don't know if it's like, is that too convenient that Caitlin can't be affected or is it great because it gives her the opportunity to shine in a way that she not, you know, hasn't necessarily been able to in past seasons. So I kind of have mixed feelings about like, is that kind of a forced storytelling device 
or is this going to give us the kind of like super Caitlin killer frost, you know, heroic moment that we've all been waiting for. Um, because she is the only person who is kind of immune to him, which I guess it is a good thing because in the past, Caitlin has been hurt and harmed by these other metahumans. Obviously with Savitar, she was being manipulated and with zoom, she was kidnapped. We had to rewatch that again, you know, in that, that flashback. And then with um, the thinker, obviously, you know, she thought that he took her powers. So it is kind of nice to see her like immune to the effects of a villain. She can't be kidnapped. She can't be manipulated. I don't know if you guys have seen Wreck-It Ralph, but no Wreck-It Ralph too, but the princesses are like, have you been kidnapped? Poisoned? Harmed? Oh, you <laughs> are a princess. Like that's been Caitlin's journey. You know, she's gone through some incredibly, you know, hard times. So I am I'm excited that she's immune to Cicada's powers. I'm excited that she can be a badass and like rescue team flash the way that she did last night. And I hope that I hope they keep up that trend and that it's not just, Oh, well, how do we defeat Cicada? Well, let's, you know, make somebody have powers without being a metahuman. So that makes sense. Like no, I like it, but I, I don't want it to just be a storytelling device for this season. Like I want yeah. Caitlin to own that power and have it not just be this kind of, um, coincidence that she's not a metahuman see here's the thing in the past seasons you know there's always been this big mystery about you know how her powers work because we know that you know she was she wasn't hit by harrison's um accelerated explosion we know that her dad was responsible somehow we knew that killer frost was like this mystical entity and whatnot so for me like when that whole thing happened i was like i really gotta think about that but then i realized you know what this could explain so much like why you know, we've had so many questions about Caitlyn's powers, like how they work, why they are the way they are, and so on, like why Killer Frost exists within her and whatnot. And I feel like when this happened, I, it clicked for me for some reason. I'm like, you know what? Maybe Cicada can only target metahumans who are, you know, infused by that type of dark matter that was evaded by those kind of incidents. So for me, like, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe the, the writers came out with it like last season or maybe this season and so on. Either way, like, I think it makes sense. It works for me. And, you know, if it's a good, you know, if something works and it's a good thing, like, for me, it's not an issue. Now, the only thing that matters now is that how will they utilize that opportunity? You know, because now we don't know when Cicada will be back and if he's going to, you know, like, kind of go into hiding for a little bit and so on. So I totally get what you're saying, Lauren. But for me, and, you know, as someone who loves Caitlyn, I'm glad that she's finally getting those, like, agency moments. And maybe it's convenient, maybe it's not. But, for me, like for something, it clicked. I don't know what you guys, what the rest of you think, um, Andrew. I I was a little distracted by being in stunned disbelief that the reason they had come up for their genius device not working was, I guess, it just stopped working. <laughs> I I was I was a little blown away by that because it was like, ah, oh, it's perfect, boom, goodbye shard into space, and then. Uh, and then when it when it was like you know always oh, pulling it back, they're like guys, he's pulling it back. And I was like, oh, what, what, what did we misunderstand about his powers? And then they just didn't say anything. And I thought, okay, well maybe it's like far enough away for him to like pull it. But then like when it lands, it'll be like back within the area, so he won't be able to control it. And then he just picked it up and started controlling it again, and it flew off. So I, I unless I missed a line of dialogue there where they were like 
Oh, it, it's only good for one blast or I don't, one, you know, it's going to only work for the first 20 seconds that he's here. Or uh, well, it'll only be effective. In the defense, Andrew, just they, they just built that today. I mean, that, well, no, it, I think it's just that they underestimated the strength of Cicada's connection to his dad, or so he can pull it back from anywhere. Like that's just what they're assuming. Like they're oh, not going to okay. be able to throw it anywhere that he won't just grab it. So there, so it was them uh, accidentally being like, "Grab Cicada, grab," and like you know, you can do this, Cicada. Like, oh my god, you know, you something. are. You know what this is? I mean, if this the, was a show about Cicada, he would have conjured up the power of love for his dad. Yes. That would have no, but you know what this back, is? And you never would have, it would have been invulnerable from then on. <laughs> you know what this what? is? This is Cicada's Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, gross. There no, it was, it was uh, Yolner. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I don't I, understand. Did, oh, I, did, I like just, that, did I just did I just ruin the whole, the whole, that whole scene for everyone by realizing that it is kind of like the, the, the gauntlet? No, I mean he ran away. Is he though? I I don't quite see the parallel. <laughs> you know what Cisco should have just done? He should just send it into a different Earth. Yes, I and a lot of listeners made that point as well. I thought he had, yeah. That was, and then make the hey, in case you were wondering if it's still near us, you bet it is, buddy. Uh, I, and then I was a little bit, I was a little bit stunned. By <laughs> um, the, I mean, this is just dumb. Like the it it being like, how do I deal with these other people without slicing their throats? I'll, you know what? I'm just going to manifest a ball of hard light. I guess that's going to knock them over. That was that was incredible. Uh, I realized then that they had written themselves into a corner by actually coming up with the plan to defeat the villain and then realizing, oh, crap, we can't beat him yet. Uh, but we also don't want to have this standoff really cost anybody anything. So bang, bang, zoom, crossover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will get to. Yeah, I think uh, I would say that. Are we only talking Cicada right now or the president in general? We're talking about the president right now. Then we're going to move to that final moment in the future. And then, of course, that. Okay. Okay. So first, specifically Cicada, I think the problem with the past and like how much this episode was set in the past was that it just underscored how lame Cicada is in comparison. Every other villain (laughs) is more terrifying than, than Cicada at this moment. So that wasn't great. But I did love little other moments in the present, such as. Iris being able to convince Barry that Nora should come along and it being like a little plan between mother and daughter, getting another one of those little, you know, high fives. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked, yeah, basically I, even though I wish that it hadn't been Sherlock that was suspicious about Nora's journal, unless he is a bard in disguise or like another version of a bard. And that's why his French accent is so terrible. I don't think that should have gone to Sherlock because we already have Harry and we already have Abard himself. Um, and that could have been a good opportunity to revisit the tension between Iris and Nora or even give Cisco something to do this season. So either way, it would have been great. Yeah, it's like all versions of Wells are smart. They don't always have to be wait, the smartest wait, 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 person wait, 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 wait. in the room. You thought HR was smart? Okay. Well, l- l- sure listen, listen, l- listen, listen, <laughs> listen. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. They don't always HR have... had emotional intelligence. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> yes. Um, 
they don't always have to position the Wells as the smartest person in the room. You're absolutely right, Tati. That can go to someone else. That can go to someone else who's suspicious about, you know, what Nora's hiding. And it would have been a better moment, again, if it was Iris or even Cisco. Like, you know, someone who's, like, really part of her family, essentially. I... I, I don't know. Like I, I felt I, it was definitely interesting, you know, like him confronting her about that. Uh, but again, I think that added to my whole criticism of like it being the, even though this was something that was touched upon in previous episodes, it's still like, you know, Tom Cavanaugh variety hour, you know, like, and then right from that, she goes to the future where it's Tom as Eobarthon again. <laughs> So, yeah, don't get me wrong. I love Tom. Listeners, I love Tom Cavan. I think he's a brilliant actor, but would have liked to see some more diverse elements like during this Flash episode. Word. If only I had been able to be one hour long. I think we could have fitted all that in then. Um, let me think if there's any other things to discuss in the present. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about this, uh, in the present before we move to the future? Um, okay, here's one thing. I don't remember Ooh. when it ha- Oh, I think it, it was Nora. Nora was looking through her um, little album, her photo album, and as she was flipping through her OTP pages, what were the OTPs? I mean, it was West Allen. It was West Allen, Henry and Nora, and then Killer Vibe. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Trifecta. This is happening. Everyone accept it. Okay. Lauren, when we were hosting the show together, did we ever... What did we think about Killer Vibe? Like, were we ever pro or against that? You know, Killer Vibe was... I don't honestly don't think it ever came up. But I am on that train, aboard that ship, like, full steam ahead. I, killer Vibe needs to happen. Thank you. I will remain diplomatic and... Not offer any insights into what I think about it. <laughs> so, all this, all that being said, we go to the future to twenty forty nine, and Nora visits a prison cell which looks insanely a lot like something we would see in Star Labs, and she asks, you know, she tells Edward Fawn, who's locked up, looking a little, little blonde or whatnot, that they need to talk, and he says, "Yes, we do." And the internet basically freaked out because. What the hell does this even mean? So, I want... Okay, so when, I, we're, we're going to go around the table, and I want everyone to give a theory. You know, because th- I'm sure that I, we all, like, you know... T- I mean, t- for sure, tell us how you you know have, have felt about it, but like, definitely, I want to hear a theory about what, what this means. So, Lauren, what the hell happened? What What is going on? Um, Alex, I have a question for everybody. Does 2049 mean anything to us at this point in the show? Only the year that Nora came from. That's all we know? Yeah, and also the year that Iris wrote the article saying, it's been 25 years since I don't have a husband. Okay, <laughs> so... Because I was trying to just piece together all the date, like the future dates that we've heard across the Arrowverse. Um, and 24... Oh, I know why 2049 stuck out to me because of Blade Runner. Okay, that's not important. Um <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like, why does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah, that's a future version. Um, I, okay, 
I'm going to like try to see if I can remember exactly what happened at the end of season one. And please correct me. Hopefully I feel like viewers, um, Airboard Thon traveled back in time, killed the original Wells, was in the past for a long time. He sabotaged the particle accelerator, created the flash, you know, fast forward everything that happened in season one. But then in the finale, when Eddie killed himself, Eobard disappeared completely. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Who was the Thawne running around in Legends of Tomorrow? It was a time remnant. So he made a copy of himself before the moment that he was killed by, or that he was, you know, disappeared from time or whatever, uh, before, uh, by Eddie. So now that guy is stuck in time because he's not actually Abard, but he still exists without him. Wait, hold on. And what happened to him? I said, I don't remember. He was Didn't killed the... by Sarah or... and oh. the Legends. Huh? What? Time right? I was trying to remember. That was the one that the Black Flash was going after, right? Yes, the Black Flash was going after him in one of the episodes. Wait, okay. hold on. I thought the Eobard that we saw on Legends was post-Flashpoint. He is post-Flashpoint, but that post-Flashpoint, Eobard is still a time remnant. That was created. Oh, Otherwise, he wouldn't gracious. exist. So okay, I'm so now, sure that the Eobard that's in jail right now is also a time remnant. Otherwise, he couldn't exist. So it's possible that the Eobard we saw in 2049 is a time remnant who was wearing Harrison Wells' face at the yes. time he copied himself, which is why he looks like Harrison Wells. Well, yeah, or I'm sure that he still has the power to do that, you know? Just I like, mean, he, any, like he, Savitar still has all the powers. But so. then hold on, hold on. Then who was the Eobard we saw in Christ on Earth? Oh, good Lord, what are we doing? Another wait, time remnant, please. What, wait, wait, but like you remember that this Thawne in the future has blonde hair. So sure. maybe he died. Yeah, no, or maybe he's a time remnant that was made in the transition from yes. Eobard yes. to, like, th- uh, oh my uh, God. Wells oh. or like vice he was versa. Made, he was made yes. transformation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like right making a bad copy in the middle oh of, like, God. printing or something. That's, exactly. That's, that's like, that's that's the, the only theory. thing that would make sense to me. Because obviously, like, you know, we love... I love Tom Cavanaugh as Thawn, but he was wearing a face mask, so they, they're going to have to explain that somehow. Okay, so I like this. So there's a, a, a poorly copied copy who, you know, kind of has both DNA looks of Wells and, and Thawne. Oh, now, why he's in prison, I don't know, because isn't Thawne originally from, like, 24... He was like born, he was born twenty one fifty one according to Airways he's from like the, Oh, oh yeah. I mean he's from a he's from a much later century. Yes, so he's so, just in prison for messing with the timeline in a different time than he came from. I just have a quick interjection here. The way we all just talked about this whole situation, did it is it somehow weird that I'm looking at this as Matt Lister's reverse flash plus Tom Cavanaugh's reverse flash generic baby? Somehow, because <laughs> this went, went sounds like that's what it is. Like, oh. Time travel gets weird, man. No, 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 it's not time. It's time remnants. I remember on season two, I almost I begged Amy Lauren, like I can't, I don't understand. Explain to me. And we spent twenty minutes on air, 
And we, I'm like, I am so dumb because I don't know what they're saying. And free, oh, Todd, help me, help. I need, like, I need, you know, I need a conclusion with this concept of like how it works. My head hurts. So, someone, yeah. someone, you need go. a Venn diagram by Cisco. No, no, no diagrams. No maybe, maps, maybe, no, no algorithms. Wait, maybe one day we should just do a whole time travel episode. Just talk. We should get on like a quantum physicist or something to like help explain this to us. <laughs> Laura, look what they're making me do now since they took over. <laughs> I think that's the only plausible theory is that while Thawne was wearing Wells's face, he created a time remnant. And when it when it create we you know when it copied himself it like came out kind of wonky which is why he has the blonde hair which you know another harry potter thing he's kind of rocking that grindelwald look i don't know i don't know what it is with the flash in harry potter i feel like there's so many parallels whether it's intentional or not um yeah that's my only theory at this point as you know why he's in prison why nora is hanging out with him like She's so grounded when Barry finds out, like, what's really happening. <laughs> oh, you know what? I f- okay, I'm going to jump on this. I think the reason he's in jail is because the, the, the meta- anti-meta-human law from 2042. I think it's still in effect. Yes. Yes. Um, that makes sense for why he's in jail. I think that... Here, I'm going to assume that Nora went to go visit him because she was doing a research project for school in the Flash Museum because it's the thing she's most obsessed with. Um, for her graduate program. I don't know why. Or maybe she just was like, let me go talk about the Black Museum with Amar Khan. And then that's when he took the opportunity. Yeah. And that's when he took the opportunity to um, prove to her that she's yeah. a medic, right? So he's the one that revealed the truth about her powers yeah. and twisted twisted the truth about her mom, about everything that's happened with her dad. So he told her like a version of the truth in order to manipulate her mm-hmm. into going back in time and doing whatever it is that he wants. So her, she thinks that she's like, Hey, how can I save my dad? Maybe you want to like continue playing a super smash bros with him every month. So if I bring him back, you can do that. Um, and, and Ambar was like, yeah, I can help you do that. But really what I want to do is X. Mm. So now yes. Nora's like, wait a second. You don't want to play. Mortal Kombat with my dad. You want to do the worst thing. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. And then that that was and then that was exactly how it happened. I don't know. I don't even, it'd be funny if we were talking about video games. Um, Andrew, you, you you got anything? No, I I think um, I had kind of I assumed the same that they had set that up well enough that we could see how she would have been you know uh not like not like seduced but how she could have been kind of um you know thawne would know how to manipulate her or whoever this is i feel like the problem for me is that this has happened in the past where i don't even know if the fact that it is wells and not matt lesher is intentional or just something that is going to be another thing that we go like, eh, I mean, I guess they right, just like kind the crossover of... last year, right? When it was yeah. still Tom Cavanaugh for no reason. And he's yeah. like, I wonder whose face I'll be wearing next. Still mine, because I own the Flash bitches. <laughs> yeah. So, and I kind of feel like um, when 
when I if if I spun a theory trying to make sense of it, the showrunners would be like, "Yeah, I mean that's kind of the whole mystery." When in reality, <laughs> they don't really know either, <laughs> um, and are kind of like, "Well, I mean, it's better for you to think that we're smart than for us just to say that we're kind of making this thing on the fly because that's how TV works." Uh, so I've I've kind of put that kind of theorizing on pause, but. Uh, I think it's an interesting twist. Again, I, I hope the fact that it is Tom Cavanaugh is relevant because I feel like if it had been Matt Lesher, then that twist would make total sense and be really interesting and would imply that this was an overall story that they had really thought out, you know, beat by beat ahead of time and, and, made it make sense on repeat viewing where you went back and saw all the things where now that it's Tom Cavanaugh, I I don't even know if that's something I should care about. If I should suspend disbelief, if I should pretend that it is Matt Lesher's face kind of thing. Um, So it's, that's on pause for now. Yeah. I gave up, I gave up fair rise on this because I think like Lauren brought it down. I'm like, I don't know how to follow that. Um, Damn you, Lauren, but also great job, Lauren. Because <laughs> I'm just like, what am I? What am I supposed to say? Okay, the one thing I want to discuss, though, like at least bring up, is I don't know if either of you have thought, any of you have thought about this. Why is the quickest assumption that people have made that Nora is somehow Eobard's daughter and not Barry's? Wait, what? A no. lot of people. I, I have it. never heard that. The only people who would think that somehow are people who want to, you know, no logical person would think that. <laughs> that is, no, I no, mean, baby, I mean, no. We've seen weirder... Lauren, yeah, we, that's, we, we, that's Lauren, a no-go. We've seen that's weirder not So what, you know, what if... No, I don't know. I don't know about that one, And then be like, it's not your child, actually. It's not a thing that my, happen. My biggest question about Nora is... Why is she sending all of the daily logs back to Fawn? Because I mean, Tatiana, I like your your thought that like you know she's interviewing Fawn and she's asking questions about her dad, and obviously he's misleading her about a lot, like not telling her that he killed you know her grandmother. But you know he's not just giving her information on a like a science project. She's reporting back to him, which somebody on Twitter said something about maybe he has leverage on her or he's made some sort of threat. And so Mm. he's like he sent her back to gather some kind of information. But like it's so interesting that we now have this future version of Thawne, who technically shouldn't know anything about what the Flash has experienced since season one, because if he was like a time copy, he's been running around somewhere else. So obviously he's trying to like gain information that quote unquote, the flash museum would not have. So like, what is he like, if he sent Nora back in time to investigate Barry, like what is he trying to figure out? Because obviously he's going to try to use that to his own benefit at some time in the future. And like, why would Nora ever agree to spy on her dad for thought? Like, that's what I want to know. I think that she thinks she's trying to save him. I think that, Thawne oh. said we need this information to save him. Because in the first so episode, creepy. like, hi, I'm a yeah. villain. I want to save your dad. Like that doesn't right. happen. Because like, we know from the first episode that she was lying. 
because she said she was the hero of Central City, which she wasn't. She hadn't ever used her powers. And she said that she just wanted to visit when in her cro- in her in her in her voiceover, she said she'd come back to save her dad. And she never said that to Barry, obviously. Because right. then he would be like, Don't do that. <laughs> Go away. So now I don't know anymore who's the unreliable narrator, if it's her or it's Jughead. Um, <laughs> they both know. together are dreaming these current seasons of Riverdale and The Flash. Oh, Jughead. What the hell happened? Like, I haven't seen tonight's episode of Riverdale, but I'm just like, yeah, I, we will move on. So, um... I, I I thought it was really compelling what the what this whole scene meant, and I honestly, if I had to make a wild guess, I feel like this whatever they're doing with Fawn and Nora and so on, I feel like it has to do with something with Barry's crisis disappearance, because I almost think that I I think at some point we're gonna get we're gonna get done with the cicada thing before the season is over, and it's gonna become about this, which you know is a good thing because this has been the thing that has been hanging over our heads since the very first episode of the show. Because, you know, we know that Crisis is coming. We know that next week is going to be an Elseworlds crossover, you know, with the Monitor as one of the core characters from Crisis on Infinite Earth. So, I feel like, we're, like, I don't know, because I feel there's something bigger going on here that we don't, we just don't know yet. Um, I guess that's a sign of a really good television show if it makes you want to watch the next episode immediately. Like, you know, it keeps the suspense. Um, but also, I'm so, like, I'm so confused how he exists. Even though I'm like, yes, I'm happy with Versace exists, but why and how though? Um, and why is he blonde? Again, I'm, if if my weird ass theory that it, this is like the you know like the, the love child of Matt Letcher's Eobard Fawn and Tom Kevin's uh, you know Eobard Fawn, then I clearly did not take the right bio- biology lesson then in high school, and I probably missed something if this is somehow possible. Um, but I don't know. Do you guys have any? I don't know. What is there anything else we can we can bring, discuss about the hundred episode? Because we, we I thought we covered everything. We talked about the time travel. We talked about um, you know, the Cicada showdown. We talked about this whole Nora mystery and so on. Is there? Does anyone want to bring up like their absolute favorite moment the whole in the whole episode? Um, I think it was them seeing. Henry and Nora together. That was my favorite moment. And, you know, special shout out to Iris talking Barry down in the in the hallway, getting an extra little hallway scene now that we've abandoned them. We've left the hallway for the lounge or whatever. Actually, yeah, I think that's my favorite moment too. But what I love particularly about it was Nora and Barry going on that race. It was very symbolic. Every other time Barry's been there at the house that time at that night, he's always like been around for the time of his mother's murder. But this time he was finally leaving the past behind. He was running towards the future with his daughter. He decided to enjoy the moment and the future that was, you know, gonna the happy future that would come for him. And again, like he turned his back on that night. Finally, you know, like letting the Nora of the past, letting her be in the past and running with the Nora of the future. I thought that was beautifully poetic and very, very well done. Lauren, Andrew, do you guys anything as we want to say or any favorite, you know, your favorite moment was? 
Mm. Yeah, you know what? I my favorite moment was when they ran back to witness the Savitar scene and then were like ten feet behind Barry. <laughs> uh which I know was just to for for effect to show us there with him, but then when Barry was like, Well, what we need to be quiet, like um I just thought that was kind of hysterical. Because like in my mind, all of these speedsters are perceiving what's around them so quickly that if you were like anywhere near them, um, Barry seems, you know, like seeing himself with another speedster seems like something he would be, you know, oh, hey, or, um, or you know what, uh, Barry and Nora invest in a pair of binoculars. I was told not where I was going with it, but okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not judging. Lauren, um, your favorite moment, anything else you want to say about the, the hundredth? Yeah, I think, you know, the same thing. I loved, I loved, well, I love John Wesley ship like forever and ever. Amen. So just seeing him on the porch with Nora, um, I think was really sweet. And my first thought when Nora ran back to that time was, Oh honey, you can't change the past. Like Barry already tried, but then Barry shows up behind her and I realized, okay, she didn't come back to change anything. She just kind of came back to see her grandmother and see her grandparents. And it made me really nostalgic. Like we're, I know we were talking about how none of these flashbacks made us kind of wish for past seasons. Cause you know, we're all kind of like the direction the show is going. But like, for me, I think the one thing that I would change about the show is killing off Barry's dad. I mean, Don Wesley Ship is one of my like favorite, favorite, favorite actors. And it was really hard to lose Henry Allen and yes, sometimes he comes back as, you know, the real Jay Gehrig. But still, like, Barry doesn't have either parent. And that's so, you know, it's very Oliver Queen. Like, all of my parents are dead. You know, I'm a dark superhero. Um, hey, and Barry, Don't forget Kara. Oh, you have your mom now on Argo, I guess. So, Yeah, sort of. Um, I, I wish that Henry was still around. And so for me, that was my favorite part because I love Henry. I wish there was more of Henry. Um, and it was just really sweet to see just a, like a little bit of Henry and Nora and to watch Barry and Nora like offer restraint in that moment and not grab them and take them away, you know, somewhere safe so that reverse slash could never get to them. Like I said before, it, to me, it just speaks so much of the growth that Barry has learned in these five seasons that no matter how much he loves those two people, and he knows how they're going to die. And he technically has the power to save both of them. That he knows that he can't. And then he just has to let life run its course. And to me, that's like the sign of the most like mature kind of superhero. Is someone who has power and knows when to use it. And I think that moment perfectly showed that Barry has learned how to use his power to like the best way. Yeah, for me, it was definitely that final moment too. And then the freaking tease of the crossover. Which, you know, I know we've seen it on, we saw it on Sunday already, but like every time I keep seeing it, like I keep losing my mind. Cause it was like, what is going on here? First of all, there are 90 Earths now. I don't get it. Um, but I'm, I did get it because it's like a nod to the 90s TV show. And we see so many dead heroes, but except for one. And it's our boy drawn with his ship, looking fabulous in his Flash costume. And we hear the classic theme song, which I'm like, I got, I geeked out. Um, guys, if you want to get ready for a crossover, just you know, in terms of drawn with his ship's 
present in the crossover, DC Universe has the whole first season of his Flash TV show available to, for, to stream. It's so so much fun. It's timeless, and it, it still holds up. So just give it a go, because I think next week we're we're gonna be wrecked. Um, and we had some we had some you know fun Easter eggs. You know we had. <laughs> They named up a lot of speedsters. Uh, we had Jesse Chambers, Libby Lawrence, Danica Williams, and you know, of course Don Allen. Once again, we had another nod to Legion of Superheroes, which, like at this point, I'm like, okay, Earth One must have a Legion of Superheroes at this point. You know, even if we don't have a Supergirl or a Superman and whatnot on Earth One, the Legion is some point going to exist, I guess. Um, but anyway, was it just me, or did Gideon say the rebooted version of Legion, or did I just mishear that all together? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rebooted, yeah. What a weird thing of an AI to say. Like, it's almost like, are you... Oh, she might to... be like, I, that's offensive? Like, I don't like using that term. Me too, I was kind of like, how do you know this word? Like, isn't reboot like like one of your worst fears? Um, oh, yeah. I kind of I kind of was shook when they revealed that Nora had created the Speed Force language, by the way. Which makes me wonder, how would... When Barry was in the Speed Force and he learned that language... How would he have learned it if he technically is gone in the future? Someone time travel explained this to me. Wow. When the speedster Wait. dies, it goes to the speed force. The speed force exists at a time. So everything in the speed force can be learned by a speedster at any point in time. Okay. Alright. Wow. As we're recording, so You are just, welcome. Uh, thank you. As we're recording, so um, uh, at Morning Magnolia just tweeted, waiting for this at the flashback is a drop lag, and then it's a gif of J- Judge Judy like pointing at her clock intensely. I'm like, okay, we're going to get it out very soon. Um, oh, we still have uh, tweets and emails yeah, to I know, read, I actually. I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. So I'm just saying that um, Morning Magnolia, we, we, we acknowledge you. We, you, know, you we, we read your tweet live. So, but okay. You are valid. Everyone is valid, Hattie. I know, including Magnolia. Yes. Um, okay, so let's do some tweet, tweets and for emails, and then we're gonna get to wrapping up the show. So, um, Lauren, Lauren has to take off sadly, um, but Lauren, it was so much fun having you, having you on. Um, so, um, but you want to tell people you, you can find it on social media and stuff like that, and um, anything else? Yeah, sure. You guys can find me on Twitter at Lauren Galloway. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. It was so much fun. It makes me, makes me nostalgic, you know. So come back anytime you want. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, take care. See you, Lauren. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, then. Let's do some tweets and emails, and then we'll wrap up. So, um, Andrew, you're doing tweets, and then Swar and Taddy are taking turns on emails. Begin? Yeah, yeah. And quiet on the set, and action. <laughs> All right, uh, we have a tweet from at N8 Mosaic, or Nate Mosaic. Oh, better Nate. Uh, hashtag Flash 100 was a fun run down memory lane. Hey, and Nora's final scene sets up so much. The only negative, besides the lack of Wally and Joe, is that the more we saw of Thawne, the more it shows Cicada's shortcomings. I give this episode 8, Huey Lewis and the News Neil drops out of 10. Excellent. Agreed. Uh, at aura, excuse me, at underscore underscore aura underscore underscore. My theory is Nora is not Barry's daughter. She's Thon's. No, 
That's why Nora reacted when she found out Reverse Flash killed Barry's mom and when Thawne saw Nora. He hasn't had a daughter yet. He says, let me guess Don Allen, not Nora, because Nora isn't his daughter, but as well as his future. That's horrifying if he named his daughter Nora. Dear God. Uh, yeah, at, that's okay, Aura. Oh. Don't worry. You're wrong. Yeah, don't worry about it. Underscore, underscore, underscore. At Tammy Yim 1, the fact Nora used a timeline code, uh, used the timeline code symbol she made up in the similarities to the one Barry kept writing at the beginning of season four, this needs to be explored. At Hovering Ladle, it's <laughs> a very evocative image. Thank you for that, At Hovering Ladle. I loved it. I really like what they're doing with Nora's storyline. Also enjoy how Sherlock is putting the pieces together. Nailed that pronunciation. Yeah, yes, you did, because it changes every episode. All <laughs> right, now we move on to emails. I will be taking on the first uh, four. Uh, so first we have an email from Lauren Waters. Hey everyone. First of all, congratulations for five years of the podcast. Thank you very much, Lauren. I'm so old. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, congratulations to the flash for 100 episodes. I enjoyed the 100th episode as an episode, but I felt a bit disappointed in it as a 100th episode. I understand why they focus on Nora and Barry as a, a homage to the past and the future. I just wish they didn't ignore the other characters as much. Iris, Cisco, and Caitlin were all a huge part of the show from day one, so them getting as much story and screen time as characters like Ralph annoyed me a little bit. I like the idea of going back to big moments from past seasons, but the executions felt a bit rushed, especially in terms of the emotional beats. Overall, it was a fun episode, just a, dip, just a bit disappointing. Can't wait for the crossover. See you then. From Ben Perlman. Hello, all. Let me start off by saying that I love your podcast and have been listening to the beginning and have tweeted a few times. Thank you for all the work you put into this and other podcasts. Thank you so much, Ben. Let me start off at the end. I have seen the prelude to the crossover three times, once for each show this week, and I love seeing John Wesley Shipp back in his Flash costume. I miss the old show and hope to hope that he is featured prominently in the crossover. Cannot wait until Sunday. Now on to the show. OMG, what an episode. I loved it from the first few minutes, and it didn't let me down once. I liked how the dates that Cisco selected correspond to the actual dates of the Flash and Arrow episodes they are referencing. Seeing the old Big Bats was exciting, and the and I was amazed as Kavanaugh fell back into his Wells roles. I can't I just can't believe that the Wells Thon is alive in 2049. Hope we don't have to wait too long to see what's happening there. The Bill and Ted way they tried to stop Cicada was fun, and I figured that Killer Frost was immune. Uh, the DC references that Thon made, if you didn't fi- find out yet, are as follows. Lawrence probably meant Libby Lawrence, a.k.a. Liberty Bell. Danica Williams is the Flash from the Batman Beyond slash Justice League Beyond stories. He first called Nora Dawn, which probably means that prior to Flashpoint, he was supposed to have the twins Dawn and Dawn, especially when he says, at least you still have one. Ooh, that's interesting. Overall, fantastic episode, and I'm now waiting and hoping the crossover will not disappoint. Once again, thank you. From Frank Hogan, Tom had a field day playing so many versions of himself. Reminds me of how much I have missed Thawne and Harry. I feel as if Barry would have just been another 10 minutes. Uh, Harry would have figured out that was a future self, LOL. Thawne is just super menacing and such a know-it-all that we love to hate him. 
I do feel like the time wraith plot points are packed up and put down whenever the story demands it, so I'm whatever about them. Wonder what Nora is up to with Thawne. Maybe she's just super trifling. Who knows? Oh yeah, the Cicada plot should have ended tonight, but I guess they have other plans. Question. Should the timeline be changed since Zoom was snatched up by the Time Wraith? Uh, oh, that is a good point. Uh, My guess is it was the Time Remnant, because Zoom was when they yeah. first introduced the concept of Time Remnants. I'm sorry, but it was. And yeah, so yeah. he had made several versions of himself in order to be able to kill himself off. Right. So that's what I think it was. Yes. Uh, and last email I'm reading. Uh, yeah, let me do one, two, three. Yep. Uh, is from Mari. Uh, Eobarthon is like Hydra. Cut off one head and another takes oh, its God. place. <laughs> Once one of his plans fails, he always finds a new one. I think it's clever. Eobard thought that he could defeat the Flash through Barry's family once when he killed Barry's mom, and now he's trying to do something similar with Nora. Dawn, in parentheses. For a 100th episode, I was pretty underwhelmed. It felt good, but it felt like it was missing something. I wanted more emotions and more feels. I don't think the story truly gave me the emotional punch it needs for a 100th episode. Nora and Barry's moments were cute. Grant and Jessica's chemistry is incredible. In West Allen's case, where they were thrown into parenthood with no warning. Grant plays fatherhood very well. Shout out to Tom Cavanaugh, who played three or four versions of his character in this episode. Congrats to the Killer Frost for doing something. <laughs> I can't wait till they explore. <laughs> I can't... That is so mean. <laughs> I can't wait till they explore Nora's relationship with Eobard Thawne. What are your theories for how they met? Did Eobard run the Flash Museum and get to Nora that way? Also, are we close to getting confirmation that Nora has a twin? I give this yes. episode three out. <laughs> I give this episode three out of five lightning bolts. I can't wait for the podcast. So yeah, um, do we think? Yeah. No, no, continue. Yeah, like, do you think? How do you think Nora met Eobard? Was it at the Flash Museum? Was it elsewhere? Uh, was it in jail for some reason? And does she have a twin? Like, does Dawn exist in the future? They met on How I Met Your Fawn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, we did used to think that Eobard was Miles the curator, but I think now that he was in jail and Nora went to go see him for answers. All right. Uh, any other answers to that? Uh, I'm going to agree with Andy, although I'll say it's probably speedstersonly.com. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and now you will get speed catfish yeah. at some point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. <clears throat> From New Rachel. Dear Flash Podcast, last night's episode was so good, and it was only appropriate, since the show has featured Barry going back in time so much, to have him do it yet again, but this time with Nora. There were so many references to past events and Easter eggs for events that may happen that I could hardly count them all. Although Caitlin fighting Cicada and knocking him into a van that had Julian printed on it. Oh, I didn't notice that was pretty cool. My only issue with the episode is that Iris could have been featured more. Mm-hmm. Although I liked the moments she had with Nora and Barry. Otherwise, it was a good time and certainly quite enjoyable. Although also, a question for those who have watched all three, best favorite DCTV 100th episode? Arrow's Invasion, Flash's What's Past Us Prologue, or Smallville's Reckoning? Guys, have answers? 
Spawn Wars is just so depressing, but all the stuff that it did involve time travel. Um, I'm gonna say. Um, I don't know, you go, go ahead. No, 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 you can go first. No, I, I, I need to think that, so go ahead. Uh, well, I was gonna be like maybe unpopular opinion, but I do think that Arrows was. Like, the thing is, like, Arrows was my favorite 100th episode, but it had a lot to make up for. So it was like, for one night only, we will honor the core characters of this story. And then never mm-hmm. again. So. True. You know what? I think I actually have to agree. Like, as a hundredth episode honoring the show, Arrow did it better. Like, I love this Flash 100th episode, and I love these characters, but like I said, overemphasis on Tom's characters, Arrow balanced it out. Like, Thea right. was prominent, Laurel was prominent, the, uh, like, we got the sidekicks. Right. For real. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a real honoring of the show. So, man, I cannot believe for once I actually say an Arrow episode is better than Flash. Wow. One time only. (laughs) One time only. Yes. Agreed. Andrew has nothing to say about this. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. I looked up the title and I thought you might enjoy the information that I found out about it linked in this email. Thank you. But the main thing I wanted to talk about was Gideon's comment to Nora when she and Barry were in the time vault screen. Okay. She called her the fifth recruited member of the rebooted Legion of before she was cut off. As Nora had mentioned, she knows lightning lad. So it's not really a question that Gideon is talking about the Legion of superheroes, but although it could be an earth one Legion, the one that we know of that's already been rebooted is the one from earth 38. As these Earths may be merged in the future, Nora is far enough in the future that such a phenomenon would have an effect. Yes, that's true, because that was Crisis on Infinite Earths, in which Barry dies, which happens in 2024. It makes the most sense that she was recruited from her own time due to her renown as a hero, and joined the Legion we all know, even if it's not necessarily one we love or one that is similar to the Legion in the comics. Also, I hope that at some point, Nora and Brainy can cross paths in the present day or she mentions them at some point. Because if any two of our Arrowverse future dwellers should meet, it's these two. Jessica and Jesse are fantastic and will work so well off each other. Someone make it happen. Anyway, sorry that was so long. I'm so glad that I discovered this podcast and the DCTV Podcast Network. Oh, we're glad you discovered us too. I've been listening for a little over a year. And I started to keep listening because you're all wonderful. And the podcast, as well as the show, is at its best right now. Stay shway. Oh. Well, when can you, Rachel? <laughs> yeah. So, guys, that means that you guys can never that. leave the podcast just to because of this email. I'm going to say the best. Of course. Uh, dear Flash Podcast, I'm extremely excited about this episode. This was epic and action-packed. Love the plot twist of Nora going back to the future to reveal that she's in contact with future Wells, Eobard Thawne, Reverse Flash. It really makes me wonder whose side she's on. Is she really working for him, or is she doing whatever to get her dad back? Time will tell. Sherlock. Sure Got a hunch, and I really like the clever detective story. Revisiting the particle accelerator initial explosion brought back so many people whose lives were about to intertwine. DeVoe, his wife, Ronnie, Dr. Stein, Jax, even a look at the airplane that Amunet Black was on during the explosion. Oh, that's cool. I didn't, some of those I, I missed. There was a ner- the nurse who really hates many humans. <laughs> Cisco's interaction with Wells, which were really scared me because it looked like he was going to phase Cisco during the handshake. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how to explain what's going on on Earth 90. By the way, I'm wondering why Cisco would vibe Cicada's weapon to outer space. We all know he's linked to the thing. 
He should have vibed it to another Earth or to another time. Anyways, I love how Killer Frost saved the day. Score one for teamwork. I can't wait to see the next episode. And Danielle. Hey, guys. Hope you've been having a good time talking about the episode. I thought it was absolutely delightful. It was a lot different than I was expecting. Wish it was more character-focused. Mm-hmm. But it was lovely going back in time to see the team and some villains. During season two, before Zoom was unmasked, he was such a terrifying villain, and his entrance in this episode was chilling. We didn't have him for long, but the, the way they fit old footage with the new stuff was great. I do have a question, though. Does the time race taking Zoom mean he was defeated before he killed Henry? No, it does not. Does that mean no Flashpoint? Nope, it doesn't. Um, it will make a little sense since they've already been ignoring <laughs> Killer Frost-related things established in Season 3. Um, so Killer Frost isn't a meta, but a big portion of Season 3 was Caitlyn and her meta bracelet then. Hmm. Hmm, Indeed. Also, does that mean Dante didn't die? No. Oh, this is no. I'm sorry. You're beautiful, but you are smarter than the writers. Okay. Thon was great. Favorite Thon cameo since Matt Lesher in Flashpoint. I squealed at the Danica Williams name drop, but also Don. What does this mean? Is Nora also named Don? Is Don Nora's sister or her twin? Or does she have a brother? Oh, the questions. Also, Thon saying at least you still have one. Was, was that a Tornado Twins reference? Since it seems most likely that he, since he knew the name Don. Does this mean the Tornado Twins existed, but now they don't? Or that they will in the future? Is Nora a Tornado Twin? Or does she have them as siblings? Or maybe he just meant at least you have a mother or father. Or maybe he was talking to Barry. At least he still had a daughter. Cough, cough, Melanie Thon. Anyone? Oh, goodness, so many questions. It's definitely one of those, Danielle. That added scene with Wells Bard and Cisco was just mean. The hand movement was completely unnecessary and an attack on me personally. But all jokes aside, I screamed. Their relationship is so heartbreaking and them reestablishing it now has me pumped for a reunion when future Thawne inevitably worms his way then to the present. But also look at how shy season one Cisco was. I'm ready for the angst of Cisco coming to terms with this monster giving him the confidence to be a hero because he is such a big damn hero. He is brilliant. And that hasn't been addressed since season two. I just assumed the plan wasn't going to work until it was actually working. And then I thought they would wrap Cicada up now. I was super excited. He had the potential to be really threatening, but because of the nature of the Flash, we haven't seen him do anything in a while. So he's kind of super lame right now. Yes, I agree. So much so, I'm pretty disappointed that the team's plan didn't work. Even if Cicada wasn't caught, I hate that Team Flash always fails. It was kind of anticlimactic. They're super smart, let a plan work at least once. Also, they established his dagger was like Mjolnir, so I don't know why this group of nerds wouldn't think that it could be called back over a vast distance. Waste of death of vibe bruises also really wish more was done with this alas we were all right and nora is working for thon i feel bad she's being manipulated it definitely worries me about the state of the family though so sure future iris doesn't tell nora much but no cisco or wally or, or joe to tell her thon killed nora it seems like such a weird thing for her not to know i'm so ready to travel to the future so we can see journalism empire iris and bearded cisco <laughs> candace and carlos are going to look so good Oh, and that Barry and Iris hallway scene was super soft, too. I love Nora being witness to her parents, but especially Iris and young and not so cold, and being there for Barry in a way that Nora never felt like she was there for her. Fair assumption from how Nora has acted previously. So sad that we have to wait so long for answers. Curse the crossovers. Thank you for your feedback, Danielle. And that's going to be it for our feedback for this week. Thank you guys so much for tweeting in and emailing. So, we, you know, it's, you know, we wanted you guys to be part of, you know, like, I mean, for, this may be the 100th episode of The Flash, but this is the 195th episode of The Flash podcast. 
So we're five we're five episodes away from our two hundredth. So which you know it's oh goodness gracious, I will we will get we I will deal when we get there. I'm excited of course, um. So so thank you so much for li- for sending in your feedback. You can always tweet at the Flash Podcast or email the at if you want to have your feedback right on the show. So okay, so we're gonna do things a little bit differently because we've been going on for very long. So this week we're skipping plugs altogether unless someone has something really important. Like, Something new, something that, you know. We know. Okay, Andrew does fa- fabulous work at screenwriting. He's gonna write tons of Aquaman articles. Swords leads the amazing movement that is, you know, Swords is uh, represented in Star Wars Universe Matters. Tatiana does everything and that doesn't sleep. I am irrelevant. So, <laughs> does anyone have like anything? What? Is it no, I'm just, it's, you're just funny. No, I'm, you're just funny. I'm sad. Um, does anyone have anything special? Is something new to plug? You know, like, any event coming up? Something that people should, you know. Just check out if you know that we don't usually bring up. No. All right. For Beltway Banthas, we've done a Jar Jar Binks episode. Y'all should go listen. You did it. <laughs> you did it. Oh my god, I hate Jar Jar so much. I'm sorry. You'll just... appreciate him more after listening to the, our latest Beltway Banthas. No, I'm moving to a different nerve. Um. Anyway, so the only reminder we're going to give you guys is that next Wednesday we're going to be doing this, you know, because this will be our last, like, ep- you know, episode discussion episode for this year, which will be next week. So on Wednesday, December 12th, 9 p.m. Eastern, slash 6 p.m. Pacific, we'll be live at mixed.com slash DZ podcast with Quiver the Greener podcast, Supergirl Radio, and Babylon podcast, and hopefully hundreds of you guys tuning in live and wired and you know joining us and discussing this crazy ass crossover that i'm sure we're gonna have so many feels about and mixer.com slash gc podcast get it on the app store a google store for android users or you can listen on your on your computer at mixer.com slash gc podcast tell everyone spread the link tell everyone that this is happening because y'all this network is the just League of podcasting and an epic Arrowverse crossover demands an epic Arrowverse podcast crossover, which we can provide for you, which we've done for the past three years. So, join us. But, thank you for listening to our episode about the 100th episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we had fun talking about it. And we will see you next week live on the crossover. But until then, I'm Andy B. I'm Tatiana. I'm Swara. And I'm Andrew. And we will see you next time. On the Flash Podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.